On today's episode, Dave interviews Kay Cannon. Kay's an Emmy-nominated writer and producer, was a staff writer on 30 Rock and New Girl. Kay was also a producer on Tina Fey and Amy Poehler's film Baby Mama. She also wrote the screenplay for Pitch Perfect and is currently writing the sequel Pitch Perfect 2. On location at Iowa West's LA Scripted Comedy Festival, I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. This is what I've been doing, and I've been getting a lot of shit about it lately, but I've been telling people that I've been doing it. Like, right before I go to bed, I don't think I've been said on the podcast, like, right before I go to bed, the last thing I say before I go to bed, I pull the sheets up, I turn the light out, I, I, like, I read, and it's like, I think I'm tired. I pull the sheets up, I turn the light out, and I go, good job, everybody. <laughs> I want to start doing that. Can I start doing Didn't that? <laughs> Evan, I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Good job, everybody. And, and you know, I think everybody really feels it in some way. They go, oh, yeah, Dave says we did a good job. Everybody like, did I'm a good really, job. You act good. like you're alone in bed, by right. the way. Sometimes you're not alone. No, sometimes I'm not alone. Sometimes, like many times, I'm not alone. And, and I'll, I'll turn to that person and go, good job. And they'll go, good job. And then together we'll say, good job, everybody. Good job, everybody. Um, but I do do that, and I really love that I do that. That really makes me happy. And I feel like I'm... <laughs> that's what I also it's do. like the Rosowski prayer. It is a prayer. <laughs> but it's also an acknowledgement of the world. Um, it's when it's chilly. Like right now, it's a little chilly, and I, I live in an apartment, like a really old apartment. It's a beautiful apartment. I live in an apartment, and I'll go into my room, and I'll turn my space heater on, then I'll close the door, and I'll stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning, and then I'll walk into my room, and it's really warm, and then I'll go... Good job. Y'all did a good job. Y'all did a good job. And I'll brush my teeth and wash my face and I'll read a little and I'll turn on like, good job, everybody. I love that. Isn't it good? <laughs> That's so good. I'm trying to think of what my, my ritual is like. I, I, well, first I always ask Evan to uh, wash my face and brush my teeth for me because I'm too tired to do that. He never does it. I'm like, Dude. Will you please uh, wash my face and brush my teeth? Like, I'm, uh, we're often like watching whatever television show because we watch everything on TV uh-huh. um, for hours and hours you and hours. You do watch everything on TV? Yeah. Oh, really? I love it. I, I love television and I, I will watch it for hours and hours. I and get it. Yeah. I get it. I don't have the time and I don't know how people do it, but I understand. Well, you have to stay up till three in the morning. I know I have like, to, yeah. and I have to make sure that they keep interneting, and I've got to make sure that the wine that I'm drinking is finishing. <laughs> <laughs> Sundays is tricky because Sundays is like often the best uh, television shows are on. Uh-huh. Like, like right now, currently, it's like True Detective, right. Girls, um, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, <laughs> I want to see what Real Housewives. Like Real Housewives. Masterpiece Theater. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Downton, Downton Abbey. Abbey. I want yeah. to see Real, Real, what was it? Real Housewives of what? Of Real Atlanta? Housewives of Atlanta. Real Housewives of Atlantis. That's what I, I want to see that show. Okay? That's what It'd I want to see. It would be a spectacle. It would be a spectacle. <laughs> a lot of mermen and mermaids. A lot of confessionals that have, exactly. <laughs> cameras all full of water. Exactly. You get quite the water off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's tough. And, and yesterday I watched Downton Abbey. I am on the one where, um, where they just came back from the States and they had the big, uh-huh. the big party. What right, they called right, right. it? Yeah. The bazaar. Yeah, oh, the, the church bazaar. Yeah. The bazaar. I sort of fell asleep in that one. I didn't see that. I, like, oh my I God. I with the start of the bazaar and I fell asleep and I woke up and the bazaar was over and they were applauding. Ladies. They were like, that's the bazaar I've ever seen. Exactly. Oh, I do believe it's the best bazaar. And then she said, that was the best bazaar. But she didn't say I've ever seen. That was just, yeah, it was, she, uh, but she said it in a different way. You've ever thrown or something like that. Right, or I have better been part of or something like that. And that show makes me cry. It does? It makes me, sometimes it makes me cry. When bad things happen? No, when people say lovely things about each other. When Aww. they essentially say the equivalent of, good job, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that 
really speaks to you. Where's your Where's your mic? What's happening? Oh, did it fall? It's somewhere. Oh. It's, it's, everybody wants go. to hear what you're talking about. Okay. They've already heard my bullshit. Um, I don't know if but I, but that show makes me cry, and I really I like that. Oh, that I show like, doesn't make me cry. That show makes me go, really, guys? Well, sometimes, <laughs> I, but I don't watch as much TV as you, so I'm, I'm a little partial to that. Going, oh, that was enough. I'm done. All right, I'll watch. But I, I, I cry at uh, Antiques Roadshow. Oh, you do? I do. I do, especially if it's worth a lot of money. Do you know how much this is worth? No. Have you had it appraised? No. They're like right. $50,000. No. There was one where a woman, this is, um, have, you ever, have you had this appraised? No, I haven't. Um, I met with a bunch of people. Because they always want to meet with a bunch of people. Uh -huh. I met with a bunch of the appraisers back, <laughs> and we are very certain that the uh, uh, the uh, the estimate for insurance is um, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. <gasps> poo. And, but this, <laughs> sometimes they poo, and sometimes they don't do anything. And I want to go. What the fuck is wrong with you? But sometimes it's an old person, and you go, and they go. And you look at them, and suddenly in my mind, I'm putting, I'm, I'm in my mind, in their mind, and I'm putting in their mind. I can afford dialysis, or oh, totally. my sister can get that lung, yeah. or my uh -huh. son can, can get, get a, house, a rash, rash can... removed. Oh. Oh, can they, we can afford shaving the rash. Oh. <laughs> you know what makes me cry? Uh, well, there were a couple, like the, like the, I'm surprised I cried at, which was the like, the JWoww Snooki finale of their show. Mm -hmm. This is a reality show. <laughs> Shouldn't be crying, but their last episode, I was like. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how emotional I am over seeing these two <laughs> say goodbye to each other. That's nonsense. But also Shark Tank will make me cry. Have you ever watched Shark Tank? No. It's on ABC. Uh-huh. Uh, Friday night. Oh yeah, ABC. Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah, Shark, yeah, yeah, Shark yeah, Tank. Yeah. Shark Tank. Yeah. My yeah. husband and I will just spend like like yeah. hours going like pretending to make up something or mm -hmm. be like it's a table that you can do sit-ups on. Like, he'll pretend to be Mr. Wonderful, and he'll be like, how much have you sold? And we'll do, like, the whole, like, scenario or whatever. Like, to see if we can get a deal or, or whatnot. But when they do the B-roll, and you see that, like, everybody's, this couple has given their whole life to whatever that they've, you know, created, mm -hmm. their business plan and whatnot, and then they get rejected or they don't get rejected. Like, it's tear-jerk. Like, I, it's real. Those, these things are real. These people are real. This is the real business. Right. They really, you know, and they have like, their heart in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But if, if you also look at the work that um, that you do, where people put so much time, we, I, I, yesterday I watched. Um, they had me. Um, uh, we're we're at the LA Script Comedy Festival right now, and they had me um, uh, judge three finalists for a pilot. So that it was it was take okay, yeah. pilots, and they had me judge it like ten minute long. Well, yeah, yeah, about like, yeah. that length. And 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 one was excellent, and the other two were very. They were someone done. did them. They were they done. did them, and it was <laughs> yeah. really good. And I'm I, and they were good, and everybody did a great job. Good job, everybody. And um, <laughs> and and I looked and I thought and I thought this one that was done was just so smart, and the other ones were fine. They didn't make it. Yeah. And look at all the money and time that they put into it. It's no joke. It's no joke. I know, but I it's essentially Shark about, Tank, too. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I develop shows, and you spend, like, six months really, like, putting your heart and soul into something. It's often very personal. And then the tastemakers decide that they aren't going to make it, your pilot. And you're, you know, you're thinking it's all great, and it's all going there. And then it's like, oh, it's, it's done? It's just done. Like this thing that you've been thinking about twenty four seven is suddenly done and it's gone and it just wipes away and then there and then you know you're like okay now what's the next idea? But they just want you to you know like I'm I'm on a deal so it's like my job is to come up with shows is to create shows. 
but and it's brutal and no matter if, even if you're like oh i feel like this was really a great idea and this was funny and these characters are good it doesn't matter it's, it's done and here's the it's thing over. about being done it's over and those things when they're done and over you can't resurrect them right right you can't you can't i mean i could shoot if, if i was really pushing the, the issue i could probably shoot something but and create it myself but at the end of the day a you know, uh, you know whether it's Fox or CBS, whatever network had said no to it. It often the other networks go, oh well, it was passed over here, so we don't want sloppy seconds. So you know, like you're and you're just, it's, it's done. done. It's done. The, the, you know, it's it's rough. It's rough. And 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 in my case, I had all the like, you know, the fanciness of like being with a really good producing pod mm -hmm. and being with 20th Century Fox. You know, like like being connected and like having some momentum and I can't push it over the top. So like you, and I'm, so I'm one of what hundreds of people who get their scripts bought or sell their idea, sell their pitch. And, and there's know. no room. There, there probably isn't any room for you to do anything like, do you know who I am? You know, you <laughs> no. don't, you can't do And they're that. like, we know who you we are. We know who you are. We gave you money. <laughs> Um, and, yeah. But there's, there's also that feeling of where you can't have your ego involved at all. You, you just can't. go, you're done. Yeah. It's essentially one minus one is zero. Right. And there's no, you can't go, one minus one is zero. Or you, it's like saying two and two is four. Isn't that sad? Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And I, you know, for me, it's like writing and creating, but I can equate it. It's very parallel to actors who, you know, you audition, you test, you, you're up for against hundreds of people. And things that are out of your control make you not get the part, you know. And and so, for as a writer and creator, like there's some things where I go, oh, you know, I can only speak from my own experience. Last year, the network I was at was wasn't really greenlighting things that were driven by women. Uh, it was a lot of like a, my pilot had a female lead, and it oh, was sort of and it was you know you could see that everything they picked up was very like male driven. And, was and that this go, last go round? This last go round. So that yeah. was the time that, like, like father and son, or that son's show came on, Dad's right? Came on. Dad's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Is exactly. that a good example? Dad yeah. enlisted, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Right. You know, right. So, like, uh, you know, and I was like, and whether or not it, that might have been one of a thousand reasons why it didn't get picked up, right? But it, but it still was a reason. You know, right. like you still go, oh, like the trend for that particular season, and you know, they're dealing with things that are beyond my control and beyond their control. You know, they've got they've got to sell their shows to people who buy advertising. And like, it's all like a big it's hot out mess. Of, it sounds like, <laughs> exactly. It sounds like it's out of everyone's hands. Yeah, and, you, and everybody's going, whose hands are these in? Is yeah. this in? So what I try to do is just be like, I want to, this is stuff I like. This is stuff I'm passionate about. This is very personal to me. I'm going to write this particular show. Right. And just not try to like think about what the trends are and what, you know, will fit and you can't, but that's, all that kind I, of stuff. I, I, I've yeah. been really thinking about this, I, this, this, this phrase lately, reverse engineering uh -huh. and, and artists can't really reverse engineer. No, we, it's not a math problem. Again, if you go and the we answer try. is four. We try a lot. Oh, like, I bet it, you do, yeah. but you can't be ahead of the trends. No. Now, now pitch perfect. Like you yeah. take your movie that was based on a book, right? Yeah. That you and um, loosely kind of, yeah. 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 Right. So, so you take that movie and you, and you, and, and in that way, there's, there is a little bit of reverse engineering in that, isn't there? Like there wasn't at all, actually, because, well, I just wanted to tell, I just, I thought the acapella world was like the improv world that I thought was amazing that we should tell a story about this. Right. And I didn't know anything about it because mm -hmm. I, I thought it was a lot like the improv world 
and I think, and I ends up being kind of right. There's kind a lot of, of similarities. Right. Yes, you know? yes, 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 and, yes. Um, but I had never done it, so I didn't want to write my first screenplay about something I didn't know. And then I told my friend Liz Banks that I was like, I want to write an acapella movie. And then a year and a half later, she finds out there's this book coming out that was the research that I needed to like see that women are underdogs and all that kind of stuff. So it was based off of his book. That what I took from the book really what's was his, that, What's the author's name? Uh, Mickey Rapkin. Yeah, right. And he followed three or four groups around for a year. Mm -hmm. And so when you read that book, what I got from that was like, oh, women are the underdogs in this world. And so that was became the nugget of the story. And it became like a, you know, bring it on, but, you know, women versus guys or whatever. Right, that bring it on yeah. movie too. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I did, I did too. And it was right. really like, you know, a lot of the parallels are just an homage to, to that movie. But, but it's also wrote, an homage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's yeah. also an homage to all the underdog movies. It's an yeah, homage yeah. to somebody who has a passion about exactly, something, yeah. and that story in itself, where who can't relate to that sort of thing? But keep going. Yeah, and then you root for them, and you want them to, you know, it's because it's, I'm not it's, there. It's Rudy, you know. Right. <laughs> like, it's Rudy. Right? It's Rudy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I so we sold it to Universal, and I wrote it before Glee came out. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I was not thinking. I was not reverse engineering and going like, I'm writing a female empowering movie. I was like, I just want to write a funny movie right. in which the reality is that it's women who are underdogs in this world, right? So I write it, then Glee comes out. Glee's huge. Universal was like, why would we have an acapella movie when Glee, when people can watch it on TV, right? I mean, and again, there's probably a bunch of other reasons why it was dead for a couple of years, but it sat on a shelf for several years. I wrote it, and it didn't come out until four years after I wrote the first draft. So it's it was dead for a while, and then it was like um, the one of uh, Liz Banks who ended up producing it. She it was like her agent who like slipped it to the right person at Universal. That then it eventually got this like second life, and, and another like the second chance. And um, and then the people who greenlight the movies there like read it and greenlit. But we, it was a lot of like maneuvering. Like Gold Circle, which is another production company, had to come on. Um, and join uh, Brownstone Productions. How do you know all this shit? Because I'm know. in it. I'm well, in, I know, like, I know. Yeah. It's like one of those things where you go, there's no way you're going to know that until you're in it. Yeah. And then when you're in it, is there somebody that... that... I mean, we had to come up with a sizzle reel. Like, right. uh, uh, they, the Universal A game... sizzle reel is a, is, is a, is a, is a, is a short little... Uh, yeah, short, it's, it's like a, a five-minute thing saying, like, this is the tone of what the movie's exactly. going to look like. It's, it's not the movie, but yeah. it's, a, it's a feeling. And so, like, like, like Jason Moore, who directed Pitch Perfect, right. he, he put, like, bits from Anchorman and, like, like it was like you know where they're singing Afternoon Delight like there was stuff like that right. or the, from stuff from the sing-off and whatever and jokes and stuff and I was in this when they were watching the Universal execs, execs watch this so you were real. watching them watch that yeah and right. they were laughing and they're like that's great like, <laughs> like but that's not our movie <laughs> like you're, you're laughing at like bits that are funny from other right, people's right, movies right, you so, so uh, like and here's here's Charlie Chaplin's little tramp yeah. and, right, yeah. you know, and here's like, an old lady falling downstairs and America's funny so Yeah, and they're just like, oh, that's hilarious. The movie's going to be great. And you're like, no, it's, it's what's in, the, in, in here. But, but ultimately, like, the timing ended up being actually great because mm. Glee, like, kind of simmered a little bit, right. you know, and, um, and then, like, Rebel Wilson coming on and oh, Anna Kendrick that, right. and that whole cast. Like, it was sort of, I think it ended up being the right time. I, 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 Rebel Wilson, I, oh, Rebel Wilson, uh, Rebel I did, I taught a class at, uh, when I was the artistic director at Second City, I taught a week-long immersion. Uh -huh. and Rebel, did she do it? Rebel came, but this is when Rebel Wilson was this woman called Rebel Wilson. She was just this human being uh -huh. named Rebel yeah, Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she flew from 
Australia. Australia yeah. to study with me. I love it. And then it. she did that. And then she sent me an email saying how much she was, she really loved my class and that sort of thing. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, I got to tell you, she, I, you know, Facebook friended me and sent a message prior to her being Rebel Wilson, prior to Bridesmaids. And she was just like, she was, I think she was, she may have still been living in Australia. And she's just like, I love 30 Rock and I'm a fan of your writing. And often I won't like, say yes to people I don't know or, or or like if I don't have like mutual friends on Facebook or whatever right. with somebody and I didn't with her but I looked at her profile it was like one of the few times where I was like oh this seems like an interesting person said yes to her mm-hmm. and then I'm watching Bridesmaids and I'm like wait a second I know that lady which I don't really know her but it's like I just like know her pictures and then I'm like oh she's like she's super interesting right right so the character of Fat Amy, with you right. know, I, uh, it was really tricky to cast that part because it, the character is called Fat Amy. Right. There were several actresses who were offended when we approached them to play that part, and and that character has to be really confident and love themselves and glamorous and awesome and all those right. things. Right. Right. So I send through Facebook. I send a thing to Rebel where I was like, Hey, you know, there's a. I did, I just I didn't again trying to be sensitive because I didn't know her. I was right. like, Hey, fatty, read this movie. Right. You know, like right. see if something speaks to you <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and so she, you know, and, and she had gotten the movie, the script actually from because her she, manager at the same time. She, right, because she had a career in Australia. Australia. Right. Yeah. So uh, and she had just done a movie with Liz Banks, uh, uh, which was the what to expect when you're expecting. So I think like Got they it. had worked together Got or whatever. It. So Got when it. I pitched Rebel to play Fat Amy to them, right. they were like, oh, she's great. We just worked with her. She's awesome. And so I send the script to her, and she reads it immediately, and she gets back to me all through Facebook. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, I think I can play a smashing Fat Amy. And I was like, fantastic. And I happened to be there when she auditioned for it and like was able to – she kind of came in with one thing, gave her sort of a, a like where, where I was thinking the character was. And then, of course, she made it this great thing and it ended up being awesome. So I and for me, the takeaway with that is look at what you think what happens to you when you're confident. Uh huh. That's what I that's yeah. what I look at that. Yeah. And I look at that and I think you are the one that's in charge of your confidence. Mm-hmm. I can't give you confidence. And, and you can say, yes, well, you know, I was talking to Carell the other day, and Carell said, and I knew that Steve's family always helped him, always said, what do you want to do, and we're going to help you do that. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. he did that. And um, you might want to try that as an experiment with your child. I don't know. You might want to do that. Just see what happens. So um, With my child, I'm like, she's only four months old. I was like, you don't want to be president. That would be a terrible job. Right? Like, I wouldn't. Wa- I don't want her to be president of the United States. No, 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 no. I mean, could you think no. of anything more awful Try this to also. do in your life? Right. right. Don't be pretty and don't be nice. Be a nerd. Right, be exactly. A nerd. Be a nerd. And act me. Act me. Act me. I suddenly had a Looney Tunes cartoon. So, um, the idea of, of, of saying, like, one day saying, I've got confidence. I And even if you fake confidence, one day you're going to stop faking confidence. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? No, of course. That's right. how, I feel like that's how I've done most things in my life. Well, I'm going to say, like... when, when, you, when, when, uh, when you, when I first met you and you were in, I didn't even think you were an actress at Boom. For some reason, why do I remember you working in the office? No. Like, for some reason, I remember you in the office. At Boom in Amsterdam, and um, and I but well, I, I was the corporate um, director that's of corporate shows. Right, or whatever. that's yeah. why I remember yeah. that yeah. because then yeah. that was that was up there in the office, right? So, and I remember 
the energy that you had and the vibrancy that you had and the oh. effervescence, the effervescence that you had and the effervescence, which is a Dutch that's word. A, that's a dirty word. That's a dirty word in Dutch. <laughs> um, all of that. I remember all of that. And I'm going, that person, that person. I, and, and, and I don't know that you were cast in that show until we, I went, I, you know that, that we got to get we got to get you in there. Yeah, you know, there's there's well that little corporate doubt position was that. like a new. I auditioned in Chicago and mm -hmm. then they I was on the short list to and be then, brought over. And then Andrew Andrew asked if I Andrew like Moscow's. I wanted Andrew Moscow's. I really wanted to stop temping at in Chicago. I was temping at the Prudential Building. Mm -hmm. I was working at a place called Everyday Learning and it was like a publishing place. Mm -hmm. uh, and um and so Andrew had said. They were gonna do this new like corporate director, new position where you're you do all the corporate shows and you right. like run them like a stage manager and then you're also in them and and whatnot. And that came first before like this if you if I had waited six months, I would have come in as a cast member. Right. And but, I wouldn't have met you. Oh right. I don't well, think I would have met you. Really? No, because Oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I would, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, But I said yes to that first. Right. Also, I, I, wa I want to say, too, like, I was crazy green. Like, I had only done Second City. Which was City. also a nickname in college, right? Crazy green, yeah, <laughs> loose cannon, crazy green. Um, <laughs> um, and I, like, wanted to start, I wanted to take the learning make it bigger and get more practical. Like I was taking classes at Second City and I, I, I wasn't all the way through IO. You know, I think I was at level four at IO and I was like, yes, I want to go. I was faking it. I was faking confidence and right. being like, I want to go, go and do that thing of a job that didn't exist prior to that, that I was sort of making the rules on. I was the one that was least in the know and had to be the one that was most in the know. Right. And it, it had a lot of- faking it in then too, I was right? faking it so hardcore. Right. Like, you know, and I never, I'd never flown by myself at that point. And here I was flying to- They have pilots Amsterdam. now that will do that. Do you don't what? have to fly- Interesting you say that because when I when I got on the plane to Amsterdam, I said to her, I've like I said to the flight attendant, I was like, I'm I'm really afraid to fly. And she goes, It's a good thing you don't have to do it. The pilots <laughs> the pilots will do it. And I was like, you smart Yeah, her, I know her. <laughs> As I'm like she pale and I, sweating right, and like right. white knuckling everything and so scared. Right. Yeah. Right. So but all those things were were was like a couple of things that you just mentioned are things where you say, I have this in front of me mm. and I am in charge of saying, Yes, I can do that. Uh in charge of that. I'm in charge of saying yes I can do that, or I'm in charge of going, you know what? Not right now. Yeah. Or, but you went now. Now. And I feel like you have to kind of do that for me. I d did that even with like, with writing. Like, I had never taken a class on writing. I never, I mean, I, I just started writing because I wasn't getting things that I was auditioning for and I wanted to take control over it a little bit. Right. And write for myself. At Second City, you clearly write for yourself. Right. And so I just was like, I'm, I, I, to this day, it's sort of hard for me to even say I'm a writer, like because I, in my mind, it was like, no, I'm a performer, and I just happen to write. Well, I see you, I see you as a performer. Yeah. I mean, because I don't see you writing, and yeah. the things that I see you do, your name's on it on Thirty Rock, and some of the funniest fucking episodes, Kay, you're a part of it. Um, and uh, and when I say, oh yeah, Kay wrote that, but I still see you as just until the. The so, acting career comes kicks in, know, right? It's like it's like ten years later. It's like right. she, uh, what's right. she doing? Exactly. Yeah. It's what Pasquazzi used to say. It's like I'm just doing this acting gig until um, a rib delivery job comes around. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it is that thing where, uh, and, and the reason what what got me there was, um, uh, and I mentioned this talking about Mo Gaffney, 
Um, and Mo said that she and Kathy and Jimmy would write stuff because nobody was writing stuff for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so important to go, you know what? The universe is going to take care of you up to a point. And when they stop taking care of you, they have the universe has confidence that it's like, you take the ball now and I'm going to be behind you. Yeah, you have to do it. You have to do it yourself. Like, and especially um, if you're feeling as though, like for myself, I, I didn't fit one category of like, I wasn't going to walk into an audition and then be like, you, we want you. She fits this part, this sort of like ethnically ambiguous woman who's like not a character actress per se and then not like the ingenue like i fell in the middle and like right. nobody knew you know like if you were to come to an improv show and be like oh i see how i could fit her into something but i wasn't gonna walk into an audition and like read their words and nail something and and win over everybody else who's right. getting offers so like you you just had to i just started to just write for myself and then i think you should like always ride the horse in the direction it's going and so like when writing started to take off it was like okay i'm doing this because like you know the truth of it is like writing takes over and you're just i'm just not available to perform anymore like i'm not available to to get to audition or get parts or whatever like i you know i'm writing for whatever show or whatever movie or whatever you know and like you know i wrote a new girl and wrote a part for myself in one of the episodes i wrote and I played wondering. it you know yeah. and and so you, you constantly just still trying to like just make it happen for myself. But isn't it also <laughs> you know? about you not, you not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You not pigeonholing you. Trying you, to, yeah. But you're not yeah. trying to because you're still writing parts for yourself. Yeah. You're writing these things and you're opening yourself. Cause so you, if you say, I'm a writer, then suddenly you're going, I'm a writer. But if yeah, you go, yeah, yeah. I'm a writer and, I'm yeah. a writer plus, I'm a writer ellipsis, I'm a writer. And it's happening again because uh, I, I was starting to feel like I was getting stuck again where it was just like, okay, I'm a writer who does this. Mm -hmm. And now my thinking is like, I want to direct. Like, right. So it's like, it, it keeps going. Like I've never directed something. I mean, I've, I've been on sets for hours upon hours and giving notes to actors and all that kind of stuff as a producer, but you don't, I've never actually you've never, directed. You've never directed, you didn't direct any 30, any 30 rock. Mm -mm. Did, uh, but some of, but I wanted to, but some, yeah. Did, did some of the actors direct? Uh, no. No. So it's not like uh mad man where John Slattery would, Slattery, Slattery, yeah, Slattery right, right, direct. right. No, um, yeah, right. It never got to that point. Like uh, the uh, John Regi, who was an executive producer on Thirty Rock, mm -hmm. who you know was on the was you know a member of the writing staff. He started to direct a lot in the last like two or three years. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, you know, like Jeff Richmond uh, would had directed some. That's right. You know, like, that's, a, right. As a, that's right. So and uh, and then like husband. yeah, Tina's husband. And then like our first ads would would started to direct or whatever. It was, mm. it was pretty competitive to try to get into the 30 Rock directing, yeah, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think, but I also at the time, like I have such, it's like you have such great respect for it too, you know, for directing and like, can I do it? And do I have enough knowledge yet to do it? And so I didn't, I didn't really push it at that point. Now I feel like I'm at a, like, okay, now I'm ready to take on that task. And Don't you see it, it right now as, as, so when I look at something and I think, oh, I can't do that, then suddenly one day I wake up and I go, I can do that. Yeah. And then I go, I want to do that. Talk. I'm going to exactly, do that. Exactly, exactly where, where I'm feeling right now in this moment about like directing. Where it's give, like, it yeah, give it to me, give it to me. I want to do that, I am going to do that, I can do that. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right, give it to me. And what's yeah. so, also so interesting to me is um, like, because um, you mentioned it, uh, you mentioned it earlier on in the conversation of, being a woman and being in this career, and, and you, you alluded to it in a certain mm -hmm. way, and it's just so 
so wonderful that we live in a time right now, at least I feel like we live in a time right now where that's less and less of an issue. Yeah. But, and yet it's an issue. Like the fact that yeah. they're doing men, a lot of men thing. They're doing that, that stuff. But, yeah, that was so particular to that particular time, right. you know. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, I always, I, I think about this a lot, actually, because I get asked about it a lot. Like I get asked about like ladies in comedy or ladies in the entertainment world or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been feeling more and more, it's like, there is no sense in complaining about right. where you where you are. That if you're gonna complain, complain behind closed doors and whatnot. It's doing. You have to do. And do you, you have to like. I have to write. You know, like in, in thinking about the sequel, for example, because Pitch Perfect, we're doing a sequel, and that's right. what I'm working on right now. I almost didn't take that job. Like I almost thought I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I don't know if it's gonna like sequels are hard and it's it's gonna, it's gonna suck or whatever. Like you go through all those things in your mind, and I was like, I don't really necessarily. Think I want to do that, but really, what got me to do it? A couple things. Jason Moore was like, "Don't you think it'll be the, fun?" The director, the director was, yeah, yeah, and he's not directing the second one, um, but Elizabeth Banks is directing the. Oh, second great! One. Yeah, and super great. And I'm but sorry, he, super great. Super I, great. I don't know what word super great super. comes in yet. Okay, good, good, good. good. No, okay, good. no, but to my point of like, it was like, oh, am I really gonna give over? Someone else is going to, like, the sequel's going to get made, and someone else would be writing it, and do I want to give over that? At the end of the day, it kind of becomes about power in a way. It's like, these characters I created are, someone else is going to write them. But it, that's not so, about power. It's about, isn't it about, and I, and I say this in a way that that isn't a capitalistic thing, but it's also about the sense of ownership, the yeah. sense of creation. Right. And I created these things, and for you to sit back and go, <laughs> I did the first one, and look what happened to the second one. Yeah, I, I wanted, I felt like, oh, we have an interesting story that we're telling. You know, at the time when I went, wasn't going to do it. I was like, I have no idea in my head what it could be. Right. Now we have like an interesting story and I'm so glad that I said yes to doing it. Right. But, and, and it's an example again of just like, like instead of complaining, it's like doing, do. Now right. we've got a female director with a female writer with a mostly all female cast, you know, and it, of, of a, of a, uh, um, a franchise that's making people millions. Right. So the, that was the at 60 million. That's right. what I saw. That's what I saw on IMDb. Domestically, yeah. Domestically. But, it, but it was more where its money was made because it was this like sleeper hit was DVD sales right. and um, on but demand and stuff like for that. Fuck's yeah. sake. And internationally you know I mean? did well. Right. Yeah. So you look at that franchise and even if and and this is on uh, I, I don't I don't know if what I can talk about it's it's public knowledge but the movie cost fifteen million dollars to make isn't that right? It was seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen to make and then you look at something you go that made sixty. Domestic, sixty yeah. million dollars. Yeah. And even if it's, is this going to be more or less to make? It'll be more, It'll but be more. but it should. I mean, the, the projections are, of course, it's like now it's a known thing. Right. It was like in the zeitgeist, so now people, right. you know, they're they're project like fans will come to the actual. Movie Isn't theater. that exciting? We were up against Taken Two, right? And um, we were up against a lot of like really like it was it was a big. We opened in Taken, October. Taken is it a horror movie? It's a Liam Neeson. It's oh, like right. a suspense thriller. <laughs> right, right, and right. I like my whole like competitive edge. I was like, I really think Pitch Perfect's gonna take Taken Two down. <laughs> like, and like even like opening weekend, and Liz and Max is her husband, and he's also a producer. They were like, no, Taken Two's <laughs> Gonna kill kill us, and I was like, no, I don't think so. I'm gonna put it on Facebook and, and Twitter. The They're very similar movies. We were destroyed, destroyed. Of course, but they're <laughs> not. You're not even in the same ballpark no. as that movie. You know, those are two right. separate games. Yeah, it's so funny to me. Like, that but it's is so, so funny. great that they like, like you know, fans really found the movie. You know, after it it's really, a charming story. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You know, yeah. and also, who doesn't like music? Right. 
this is, well, I don't even need any story. No. <laughs> Just some good music in there. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And, uh, right. Uh, right. But and, and at the end at the end of the day, I, I, God, it's just I'm so excited for you. I get so excited for you, for you and for uh, because there is a boy. Again, we go back to this, the buoyancy that you have, the joy that you have and oh. and how fun it is to work with you and how fun it is to hang out with you. I don't hang out with you that, at all. But uh, but when I did back we in the old days, we, we used to. We used to. And 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 to be around that and how inspiring that is to be around that joy does it you know what I mean oh thanks yeah yeah it's nice of you to say that because sometimes you feel like you get tired Mm -hmm. and you feel like you've been working a lot of hours and uh I never feel jaded but you can feel like you're it's being sucked (laughs) like the joy is being sucked out of you and so it's nice to be to remember like oh no this is this is fun. Like I often say this to, uh, you know, my husband and I will write together a lot and I'll say like, we get to do this. Like we get to, if I wasn't doing this, I would be begging someone to pay me to do this. It would be like, wow. And I, I love working 15 hour days. Like it's fantastic, you know? And so I, when I think about that, I'm always, it makes me feel really good. Like it, you're grateful. Like, I'm super grateful. And just like that I get to do this and this is exciting and it's fun and all the frustrations, it's just frustrations. It's just like any work right. place would have. And, you and know? those frustrations also make it so that it's that, it's that idea of if you don't, uh, in order for there to be darkness, there has to be light, Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and that idea. So it's not the frustration, like you take the, you take the good, you take the bad, you <laughs> to life, you know, <laughs> kind of it's you like You owe $40,000. I know, I'm going to take that out. <laughs> car, and it's car, out. Car, <laughs> so it's like, God, I got, it's going to turn out to be, you don't it's happy birthday, it's happy birthday. Oh, you can't do that either. <laughs> I remember Joe Liss and I did a show, Make Me Laugh, do you remember that show, Make Me Laugh on, it was a, it was a, a it was a, a show on comedy, not Comedy Central, but the Comedy Channel. Before Comedy Central, there was something oh, okay. there. No, and they, I don't and it was Disney. That. Disney ran it, well, and it was a it was a panel full of guys who are going to make these regular people laugh. I, I remember they, hearing, I remember seeing like clips from that great. show. Yeah, and Joe, you know Joe, right? <laughs> yeah. from Second City, who's just awesome. And Joe and I got hired to do that show. I think we were out here, and they said, "You, have, <laughs> we ask you to do one thing. We just ask you not to sing a song that anybody knows." And so we did, we improvised this whole thing and, and, and the whole thing ended up with us singing happy birthday. And you watch people going, no, and you take the headphones off and go, no. And then later on, they, at intermission, you go, we have to do that whole thing again. It's like, what? It's like, happy birthday. Like, oh, don't, you know? You can't, you, you won't be able to use this, but uh, it reminds me of a story at 30 Rock where um, I, I, was, I'm, I am a big lover of cheese and uh-huh. a lot of the like cheese jokes with Liz Lemon were, like kind of uh-huh. came from my, like if you were to describe me in the writer's room, it's like, she's the cheese girl. Um, and so there's one episode where like Liz is like, it's at night and she's having some cheese and she's like working on my night cheese, <laughs> whatever. Okay, so I like I'd pitched that or whatever and it got in the show and, and we didn't think anything of it. Who sings that? Night Ranger? Bob Seger. Bob Seger. Yeah. Night Ranger. Um, <laughs> What's Night Ranger? <laughs> Wait, isn't Night Ranger? A, that's a group. Oh, Sister Christian, right. <laughs> you don't know the group Night Ranger? No, I don't. Wasn't that the show where, where the car talked? That's that's Night Rider, yo. Oh, we're so close. What album do they have? So anyway, so so Bob Seger, his people or whatever, it's, it's Bob Seger, huh? Yeah. Uh, this goes to show you how ignorant we were. Like, they call up, his people call up, and they're like, you can't use our song. And so... 
we had to pay, or you know, Thirty Rock had to pay. It was like forty thousand dollars to do a joke that's like working on my night. <laughs> like that was, was like the most expensive joke they've ever had. Uh, <laughs> like mm, sorry. <laughs> but someone should have caught that at corporate. They corporate, 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 NBC corporate. There's some lawyers. lines in there's some lines in that show that I look at. I was I would, I would read I would hear those lines and I'd go, who the fuck? What the fuck? And and it was, it was uh, Alec was talking to Tina and, and the line was something like, you're the diaper that washed up on shore of the beach. I don't know if that means anything to you. Yeah, Do you remember it does. That? But was that in the seventh? Was that in the last season? I don't think it was in the last season, but I looked at it and I was like, I had to stop it and rewind it to go, how the fuck does your mind, does somebody's mind work to put that, that joke yeah. together? It would, I would say it's often almost always Robert Carlock, who mm -hmm. is the like head writer along showrunner with, with Tina. Um, but 30 Rock had so many jokes. Like in the first couple seasons, I could, if you said a joke, I would be like, I know exactly who pitched that joke. And I know I can remember being in the room and hearing, you know, like I could, I could keep track. When you got to like this, I was there for six seasons. I didn't do the last um, 13 episodes. I came out here. Um, and, uh, but you would like, I would, I, I, I started in the fifth and sixth seasons. It's like, oh my God, like we, we would, we would pitch a joke or something and we go, oh my gosh, we already did that. Like that joke. Cause there were just so many, the first couple of episodes of writing 30 rock, like you'd, you'd want like, you know, a joke or two on every p every page. Mm -hmm. And then by the fifth, sixth season, it was just like, joke, 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 joke. If you didn't have a dozen jokes on one page, you, do you weren't doing your that? job. What do you feel about that? Um, well, I... That sounds, sounds exhausting. It is, but like the people who, like Robert, for example, and the other writers on the show, they're, they were great at it. It was awesome. And you started, like any muscle, like you started to really get good at get better at it i would not say the jokes are, were my forte per se i would say like you know scenarios improvising moments or like you know character stuff i think like that's where i and, and ideas for story and stuff like that i think those were my strengths mm -hmm. but you definitely got like better at it because you had to like right. you, that was the nature of the job right and it was just like super fast i prefer sort of like when i look back at those first couple of seasons like i definitely prefer the slower pace that's what and I even asked. then it wasn't super slow like it but it was definitely slower than where we ended up and every year we would start with the year they would say like okay we're gonna do less story less dense story we're gonna slow it down and then it would just like this machine would just get going and it just kind of the show was what the show was like that and you had to accept that and but isn't and that beautiful about it where, where it, it then takes on this life of its own in a way it's not that it takes on its life of its own the, the characters are so strong yeah the, the, the relationships are so strong the dynamics are so strong that you got to go these guys want to have more things to say right now. yeah yeah isn't that right uh yeah 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 and i think like the hardest part in the whole series and i again not being there for the last 13 it was like it was always going back to like what does liz lemon want and like we could never really figure out what she wanted and so you know and, and you couldn't the, the whole arc of the show the series it's like you couldn't give her what she wanted right away you know like so you was, and even if she got what it was that she wanted, yeah. it was it was even if she got what it was that she wanted, it wasn't really what she wanted. Yeah. It was a variation or an of aberration yeah, of that yeah. where you go, this is mm, not so yeah. much. Yeah. But it was such a I have to say, like being at 30 Rock was like such an education. Like I mean, that was you're working with the best people and you're learning so much and, and you live in to, New York. And and you was living in New York and I wasn't getting to enjoy New York the way that you'd want to because you're working so many where hours. Where did you live? 
I lived in the West Village. Uh huh. So it's just pretty awful. Right. Yeah. Um, did you live near? But we worked in Queens, and so like. That's right. You had to schlep all the way to Queens. <laughs> yeah. So uh, because uh, Rachel Hamilton used to live in the West Village. Yeah, she yeah, had, yeah. We looked. Have you been, we looked close together? I'd never. I think she moved before I got her there. Her apartment yeah. was awesome. She lived across from that crazy Julian Schnabel building. Oh yeah. You know the building yeah, you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, Where I he did this building and, and suddenly people are like, what the fuck just happened to our neighborhood? It's like, it's the face of a dragon and it flies. And it's like, wait a minute, that's not fair. Well, let me tell you something. Before I lived in the West Village in the West Village, like that apartment, I was in the West Village for like five years and I cried when I left. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I'll never have this. And then you come to LA and you're like, oh, I live in a house. <laughs> it's great. Um, but I lived, prior to being in the West Village, I lived up, uh, at 46 and 6th in Midtown above a Burger King. Uh, and our we gave our rent check to the owner of the building owned the Burger King and you'd give your rent check to the Burger King manager and the um, I, I like, need to write this like story but it smelled like it, it smelled like it didn't smell too bad it like the first like like you want I, you'd want to smell like fries or something right. like that it, it didn't it had like a, a, a distinct smell but it wasn't anything that was like uh -huh. crazy and lived on the fourth floor and that it was no big deal but um, I think it, yeah I lived on the fourth floor but below me was uh, Elliot Spitzer's hooker. She lived, and I knew her prior to her being an escort. It was like all a big reveal. What was she prior to being an escort? She was a host at a club. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> and she may have been an escort, <laughs> but I knew her. Like we went on a double date together. She was dating the guy who lived next door. There weren't, weren't there was like four or five apartments in, above, you know, and we all kind of knew each other. And we went to serendipity together. Mm -hmm. And she, I, I borrowed a shirt from her. Right. Like, like, I don't know. I Wait, should have known things. Did, that was pretty because, nice. I'm gonna tell, that's, a, that's such a woman thing too, because <laughs> like a woman would borrow a shirt from a woman, but a guy wouldn't go to a guy and go, "Hey, dude, can I borrow a shirt?" Well, like no time, guy would say, "Can I borrow a shirt?" That's true. That is true. But I was living by coastally. I was here. This is uh -huh. when we would be hanging out when you were like coaching the team that I was on. What team? Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. And so I was, but I, and I was and, flying to New York. Right. And so I would go to SNL, and I was like, I need a club shirt. I need to look like interesting <laughs> or try and so i was like oh i'll go ask ashley downstairs <laughs> and i should have known something was going on because like it was like oh she pulled out like there was all these first off there was like furs on the ceiling i mean i can just remember like it being like a pretty posh apartment and like how are you affording all this and then like she pulled out this drawer that had like double-sided tape and and boobs you know i was like oh you're clearly doing something like you're clearly, like, <laughs> like like you have every possible thing imaginable that a, a woman working would have <laughs> and i was just like oh a woman working or a working woman would have <laughs> a working woman, <laughs> a working woman would have. Uh, right right yeah, yeah yeah but it was it was after i had moved out whatever and then the whole thing with elliot spitzer came out and i was and like went, oh, that's <coughs> I was, that was our neighbor yeah, it's one of those things where where somebody think something happens to somebody. You go, I knew somebody. Like, wait, that was that person. Yeah, and I had, and then you start looking back on all these things and saying, Absolutely. of course, that's what yeah. that was. And I was looking at her like her picture, uh, the initial picture they showed. Was that the one on uh, the boat? There was one. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it didn't look like her mm -hmm. to me. Like I, I wasn't able to see. And her name was Ashley Dupree, but I knew her as her real name, which I think is Ashley Yemen. Um, and so. I think that's what her last name was, but it was different. So you, I, you see Dupree, and it didn't really look like her. And I was like, and then another picture, and then another. And it's, 
it's like that movie less than zero when like it's, <laughs> it's starting to come together it's like it's becoming clear oh my god <laughs> there, I, there's so many there's so many times where, where people that we know it's, it's a different thing where someone that we know and i've mentioned this before someone that we know that really makes it and you go really <laughs> really really <laughs> No, but I'm not saying, I'm just saying that I never saw that in them. Not that, uh -huh. God, I mean, that guy's a crazy, not that. Do you have a, an example? Yes, I do. John Favreau. Oh. Where you go. You knew him, because you knew him. When he was a, when he did bus, when he bust tables at Second City. Yeah. And he was a guy that just wanted to get into a touring company and couldn't get in. You know what the greatest thing was that ever happened to him? He never got into the touring company. Yeah, that happens a lot, doesn't it? Don't you feel? like? I, oh, I definitely yeah. do. Yeah. I definitely do. Well, you know, it's because... But here's the thing. If Lincoln couldn't get into that play, he'd still be president. Well, he, he wouldn't, wouldn't currently be president. You don't know that, Kay. <laughs> you don't know that. All right, you're you right. You're right. That. I don't know that. You, you don't know I'm that. really bad yeah. at math. <laughs> and, and history and <laughs> physics and science and All medicine. Of those things, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not going to knock it because that kind of stuff you don't need to know. But here's the doing. thing. I totally get what I absolutely get what you're saying. And I think Ooh, that it's because Second City and the improv community, and I'll, I'll just use Chicago as the example, like that real improv community where everybody knows everybody and you're doing stuff right. at Second City and IO and everything. But it's a family, right? So it becomes a family, it feels like a family. So he's like, John Favreau is like the little brother who couldn't tie his shoes and what. So when he becomes this thing, you're still back, like, you know, you think about your own family with your own siblings, it's like you are, like locked in this time, right? He's not, and he's not, people. and he's yeah. not, and no. he's growing. Yeah, like he has his own life. Like how fucking dare you? Yeah. you go back behind the bar and you bust <laughs> table nine. Exactly. You know, I am certain that there are people like from Boom Chicago who are like, Kay's writing. What? <laughs> she, she got what made? What the hell? That one? Right. You know, like right. you're just like, well, yeah, you know, because you grow. Look at all the great things going on at Boom. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that, that have come. I mean, Seth, my God. Holy cow, right? You know, like, but you also no have joke. Seth. What's that? That's no joke. That like, is no joke. Yeah. That when that happened, and he's on the cover of, he was on the cover of Time, Time Magazine, yeah. and you go, what, Seth? Shouldn't he be back busting tables? In Second City? <laughs> no. Isn't, he, isn't um, he doing like? Um, Preponderate or shows that I owe. Exactly. Wasn't that the name of their team? Yeah, I think right, yeah. right, right, right. Or and he's Jill another Benjamin? example of someone who didn't get into Second City. Right, mm -hmm. right. Another one who yeah. didn't get into Second City. But uh, looking at uh, so it's also Matt Jones who is on Breaking Bad and um, what's his name? Jordan Peele. Remember Jordan? What happened to him? Oh, yeah. Jordan Peele. He's doing what? Amazing. Is he, is he on a? Is he on a Herald team? <laughs> is he on a UCB team now? I think he's still doing like. A Macy Gray impression somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but Jordan, our whole thing with Jordan was like he never. I, I still don't think he got headshots. Like he's he never had to get headshots. He was 18, I think, when he worked at Boom Chicago, and he was doing great. And we used to tease him about how he'll like go his whole career and never have had to like he never had to hustle or whatever. And I I don't mean he didn't work super hard, and isn't like crazy talented. He obviously is. Right. But he like you know the people who. Like myself, like very rules of like you get headshots and you take acting classes and you and improv classes and then you go and you audition and whatever right, you know like right. all that stuff like right. that wasn't his. No, because uh, and I also believe that his career was so far ahead of his business. Do you understand yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like he was like, we're gonna do this. Like, shouldn't I or don't I need? Or after a while, you go, I don't need that. He doesn't need that. Yeah. And I remember when he was at Boom Chicago, and the same thing I felt with you and I felt with Colton, um, mm -hmm. Colton Dunn, uh, who has three names now. 
Is what, it Colton Dunn Murphy or something now? Oh, anyway, is he? Doesn't matter. Oh. Um, but <laughs> Colton, that I looked at, and I was like, that I was thinking, uh, 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 I was feeling like they, y'all were on a different level. Like, I felt like Brendan was on a different level. Uh-huh. I felt like that Brendan Hunt was on a different level. Um, uh, Joe Kelly was on a different level. I'm not knocking any of those other people, uh-huh. but I feel like there's a drive that these people have, and I felt like, and I still feel, that Boom Chicago in Amsterdam knows how to pick people. Mm-hmm. And I, I do too. Yeah. And I think looking back at that particular time, I think that was a very special time. Like, our, you know, the three or four years before I got there and the, th- the three or four years after I got there, mm-hmm. I feel like there was like this eight-year chunk of a special time of right. like casting people and, hi- you know, because, like, you know, Nicole Parker was there, right. Lauren Dowden, you know, like, they're, they're Holly Walker, like just like really you, all three special. women. You named all three fucking strong women, and yeah. that was another thing that they did. They were like, "Let's get these fucking women in here." Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, like Tammy Sager was, I think, in one of the right. first um, right. Uh, right. Uh, groups out there or whatever. And she's like this amazing writer who's out. You worked doing, with her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Thirty Rock, and she's fantastic. She's yeah. so great. I love her. She was on the podcast too. Yeah, and she's just so fucking interesting and quirky and live and real. And uh-huh. I don't know if you know, like she, she was. She was at University of Chicago and doing that thing. Do you yeah. know her story? You know yeah, her story, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And hiding from her parents. Her parents, yeah. And she had yeah. a different name. Yeah. And it's like something like 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 Rose Cone or some Jewish old wooden, old Jewish name. And like, what the fuck? How do you pick like Monica St. Vincent or something? <laughs> but she's picking all but all those women, it's a crazy time now for women because when I started out, and I mentioned this before, when I started out, women Dell didn't like women. I felt like Sharna mm-hmm. didn't like women. And I felt like that stopped everything. And when there was a cast of five men and two women at Second City, I'd look around and go, what the fuck? You've got yeah. Jackie Hoffman. You've got Amy Sedaris. You've got all the, you've got, you know, Franny, Franny, Fran Adams and Ruth Rudnick right. and all these strong fucking women. And we have these four guys, five guys. You know, they're fine, but bring more fucking ladies in. Mm-hmm. Cindy Cabanero. Well, it was like a numbers game, too. Like, there weren't that many women uh, doing it. I, I never met Dell. Like I, he died before I took classes there and didn't know him. Do you think I've that if you knew him, him, he'd still be alive? <sighs> yeah, just like Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and also, I will say, I'd heard the rumors that Sharna didn't really wasn't really into women, and I think again, my time there, like you know, Tina and uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and Rachel Dratchner, they had all just left and they were all doing SNL and there was like sort of this this awesome time for women. Uh, at IO, I felt like I felt like Sharna was sort of her. She was sort of changing. She was and having I, an epiphany, and I and I knew this because she had um, a party at her house where she invited fifty improv- female improvisers to get to know each other. So you had your like you know Bridget Kloss and Stephanie Weir and whatnot, and then like myself and Becky Drysdale. Like we were new, like we were the new ladies. Becky Drysdale also Boom Chicago. Also Boom Chicago, yeah, right. and. Um, and so we were all together, and I remember Sharna being really like pleased with this, like this is happening, oh, and it, so and much. and so I think it's like you know, it change, it's changing, it's right. changing, and it's shifting in a good way, in a great way, and there's still like a lot to do, and right. I think more people do it. I'm a huge fan of Broad City, like I think right. it's a, the ladies just being funny and on a on a network uh, that doesn't uh, did, didn't have female leads like this, you know, like it's following workaholics and it's right. it's just awesome. Right. Like it's an workaholics, awesome which is just such a guy show. Yeah. And but I the love them that and show. I think that's yeah. super the funny. Women too. on those show that show's really Mary funny. Mary Beth Monroe right, and, exactly. and uh, uh, Jillian 
Bell, is that her yeah, last name? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I think yeah. is fantastic. And, right. Yeah. Oh, she's uh, so great too. So great. And you look yeah. at those two women. Ah, love you, ladies. <laughs> what, what time's your show? Do you have a show tonight? You have a no, show tonight? uh, uh. You don't have a I show. I did a show yesterday. You did a show last yesterday. Night. Yeah, with Drysdale. Oh right. Yeah. Becky Drysdale. She's. She... I think she's one of the funniest ladies. I've ever ever worked with, but also just like I just think she's so funny and so good. I agree. And so talented. And I also think because I have an affinity towards human beings that are honest mm -hmm. and uh, will call you on your shit. And that Becky Drysdale, she fucking calls you on your shit. <laughs> yeah, I was just teasing Becky last night because she is uh, she's a homosexual, which she is. Yeah. Uh, I, I met her fiance. Yeah, who was, like, yeah, yeah. Who's great and. I, but I was teasing Becky because I feel like a lot of my straight girlfriends like fall in love with her and end up like fooling around. This is back in the day before she was engaged. But like, like have either fooled around with her or like I was always like, Becky, <laughs> back it up. <laughs> like, like they're, they're, you know, this is like my friend is married. She has children. Like that's not like. <laughs> but there's something about her that's very like it's super appealing and super and it and it you know, fun to watch. She's gender. fun to watch. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Where you look at somebody like that's the spirit that I'm attracted to. Yeah. And I don't mean to say sexually attracted to, no, but attracted to in yeah. a way where you go, I want to know more about you. Who the fuck are you? So when somebody walks into a room and you get, and, and those of us who really can feel this energy, and I've turned into this guy. Um, <laughs> good job, somebody, everybody. Right, good, good job, job. everybody. <laughs> where somebody walks into a room and you go, that person. I want to talk to that person. Yeah. And how exciting it is to just to feel that from somebody. And yeah, I, think that I, I felt that way a lot about Karen Gracchi, who yes. is a great improviser. When I first met Karen, I saw her performing and I had that feeling of like, I want to get to know her. Right. Who is that person? And went to her like as a stranger and was just like, would you join our improv group? You know, like, and she didn't even know who I was, but I just wanted to be so much a part of it. And like, we're like great friends to this day. And She's it's, so it's awesome too. So awesome. And you know, teaches a lot of improv and, yeah. and, and all that. And she also writes and stuff. And, but it was, but it's exactly what you're talking about. Like, there's just certain people you're like, I don't want to be away from this person. This person is so right? fun to be around. I and, think of Keegan. Yeah. I think of uh -huh. Keegan where yeah, I go, yeah. Keegan, Michael, yeah, I go, I, I, and that, that feeling of don't go away. I want to be, where are you going? Can I go to the bathroom with you? <laughs> yeah. I don't care if you're pooping. Can I just sit and talk to you while you're pooping? You know, it, it yeah. doesn't have to be that. But well, no, but I, I know what you mean, yeah. but like, and uh, Keegan, you just like, you can just sit and be quiet and just let him take the center stage. For right. hours, right. like you know, those kind of people that you just want to hear, right? And they're of a spirit that is almost a religious sort of thing. And I don't mean to go, oh, but I mm -hmm. feel like oh, yeah. there's a calmness that Keegan has. There's a directness. There's also a, a clarity that people have. And I look to that clarity, mm -hmm. and I look to I look to those people that have that confidence. That I feel like you're genuine, you're real, you're here, you're present, and you're going to be honest with me. Yeah. There's nothing that you're trying to sell me or to convince me of. Yeah, you don't want to hang with like. Shifty shady people. <laughs> but I think, the people, I think some that, people do. They hang with shifty shady people, maybe thinking, I'd like to find out a lot what's it like to be shifty shady. But I also think that maybe they see themselves as shifty shady yeah. people too. Yeah. I don't know. I I I find like if I'm if I'm evaluating myself, like I I find like um, alpha males. I have like a real love hate relationship with alpha males <laughs> and like I want to hang out with them I want to like I think it's the thing where I want to be like the alpha male uh, up against them or, or whatnot right. like I, I, I really love their confidence and I'm like attracted to all that but at the end of the day it's like a little bit exhausting too you're just like okay be that right go be go be that you want right. to be in charge be in charge you know whatever I can't 
compete with you or don't want to anymore and on that it, level. Because it know? is a lot of work. It's a tremendous yeah. lot, amount of work because it is that I mean, did you have that when you were doing like Second City No, because I never, ever, I never, ever got involved in the politics or the personality. Uh -huh. um, that was someone who would hire me. And when I got hired at Second City, Joyce put me in the ETC, for example, and she said, I'm looking for a clown. Uh -huh. I was like, well, you found one. <laughs> and, um, and I know that, that uh, I, she had told me that, and other people in the cast told me that I changed the chemistry of it yeah. because it was very, there was in an adversary, right? there was yeah. a good way. And I always felt like I always got along with everybody. Um, uh, but then again, I never wanted to work there. Mm -hmm. That was growing up. I never. I felt like I don't want this. Is that's what some other people do. I'm not going to do that. And then I ended up. Not only did I work there, but I, I was the artistic director of it for a yeah, while. Yeah. But I, I never felt like they owed me anything. I didn't feel like I was being shafted in any way because every day that I was there, I loved every day that I was there. Well, it showed. Like it showed in your performances and the the pieces that you did. Yeah. I sort of. I felt like that way too. But I had a different. Like I never had the dream to tour, or. Um, you know, like I wasn't like, I just desperately need to be on main stage. I, I had that same, I felt, I feel like I would equate it to like a healthy take on that institution of just, I, I wanted to pay my bills <laughs> at some point where it was like, Kelly, when I got hired, Kelly Leonard was like, called me in and he's like, what are your goals? And I think a lot of people answer like, I want to be on main stage. I want to, you know, I want this or whatever. I want SNL. I want and I said, I want to go to Vegas because they, were, they had opened up a Vegas show. <laughs> and I was, to me, it was like that was the stop before right. going to L.A. because I knew I wanted to like audition for sitcoms or go to pilot season and whatever, and I right. wanted to pay off my bills and make it to L.A. And, and, and I had a very a mind of like, like the, talk, the, the talk, the clock is ticking, and you're this age now, and don't like waste years on the Second City stage. Like get to L.A., get there and do it and make it happen. So I think he was like, wow, you want to go <laughs> to Vegas, which was at the time was very unchartered, right. like kind of difficult situation. Kind of, yeah. And, um, and, and then I, that's, I, I never, I was an understudy for the touring companies, but I never went on and I got hired directly to the, to the Vegas stage. Mm -hmm. And that ended up being this amazing experience. Right. Because Some great people there too. Great. And, uh, you know, the, the uh, original show that we did, it was the first original show there. Like we did a, a best of, uh, no, Mark Rosecca directed Rosecca. it. Uh -huh. The, for the first year there, um, uh, it was a best of Second City show. But the, in the second year, it was a, an original. And it was like me and Jason Sudeikis and Joe Kelly and Holly Walker and James McCarthy. <laughs> it was just like this great, like, group It was of, a boom Chicago people. Yeah. It, it was, but it was like, it was, right. it was amazing. It was like a, a show that they ended up touring like two or three, maybe four things in this. And it was a show that didn't have an intermission. So it was just an hour 15 of whatever. Perfect so to show. have four, like, scenes touring for Second City off of an hour like it was it was a really fun great show and 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 and, and i look at the show that we did in in amsterdam yeah. that we i think i was there for three weeks we worked on that show for two weeks we got two acts of material in that show went up right away yeah. and i felt felt that that was strong material and i'm only comparing it because <clears throat> it worked so quickly and everybody connected so so strongly yeah and I, I, that was so great and every once in a while you get the stars aligning in that way and you go i don't think it's ever gonna i don't it's not supposed will to be will it be this way again yeah. Right, exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and, right. and and that particular show i think it was only seven weeks or six weeks mm -hmm. before we put a show on and you know at second city they take months right i know, you know? and I know. uh we were just it was fast 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 and it also it taught me how to write because we weren't we didn't have improv sets 
because it was Vegas right. and then nobody would stick around for that shit. So <laughs> it was, uh, you know, they were, they want to go gamble and spend money and right. do whatever. Nobody wants to stand around, right. <laughs> no one wants to be like, um, an office, like black, yell out suggestions. <laughs> that blackout didn't work. Let me tell you what you need. Yeah. yeah. So you had to like come into rehearsal with written right. s- uh, sketches. And Joe Kelly, he was this awesome... Uh, it was, it was this awesome workhorse, and he would like bring in like five or six sketches every every day. So then you were like, okay, right. I, I guess this is what I got to do too, you know. That kind I of think thing. we got to go. go. How are you? Good to see you. Um, Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. If you'd like to see one of Dave's improv shows or one of my stand-up shows, you can get that information at addcomedy.com. If you want to take a class with Dave, that information is located on his website at davidrozowski.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at drozowski. Today's episode was sponsored by Troubadour, a restaurant movie. A new movie by Group Mind Films, portraying an accurate, sometimes funny, and sometimes cringe-inducing glimpse at restaurant life. Troubadour, a restaurant movie. Available to watch in its entirety online for only $5 at groupmindfilms.com.